This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Good evening and welcome to Go, My Favorite Sports Team, the sports podcast where I, the not-sports-knower, am conversed with and talked to and talked down upon by the sport-knower, because that's what they do. The sport-knowing people are just so high and mighty up in their ivory towers. They think they're better than you and me, and this guy thinks he's better than all of you. His name's Tyler. Well, I don't think I'm better than you in anything except the sports realm. I know, I know the sports realm really well trying to qualify things that's what the sports people do they always qualify everything they got to like contextualize their scores and all there's a world record in number of yards done while technically having an appendix rupturing at the same time it's all useless appendix rupturing i've never had my appendix rupture i'm talking generally i was making a ridiculous statement about a, a hypothetical scenario but you see how much the sport people just take everything so seriously they assume that i was talking about an actual category of thing instead of making a ridiculous conjecture listen I, this podcast if anything is serious <laughs> yes very serious <laughs> extremely serious it's so serious that we ourselves are not labeled as comedy, but merely uh, tagged as sports and American football. I don't know why we're tagged as American football, to be completely honest, because we've talked about it twice. Tagged? What are you talking about? Like Spotify has tags. So the podcast has like tags for people to search stuff, right? So it categorizes uh-huh. things because everything's got to be shoved into its own little little box. It's got to uh-huh. fit into that category, you know, just like sports get to fit into a certain category or whether uh-huh. they're sport or not sport. So for whatever reason, one of the tags they decided to use was American football. And we've talked about it twice, maybe. Uh, we haven't even had a f- American football guest. It's just really weird to me that we're tagged as American football. Well, okay, let's be fair. You do talk about American football a lot. But I get that. It says sports, American football, and comedy. Yeah, those are those are the three categories. I think I think it fits. I I just the American football one is the one that I'm just like, kind of like, why? I think that everybody listening right now knows for a fact you talk about American football. No, you talk I never about talked American about football it. when you were talking about Australian football, and that got them real mad. Yeah, people did get mad at me for that. You're right. You're right. But anyway, but does it bother I'm the... you? But does it bother you? Does it bother me that they got mad? No. Yeah. I don't, I don't Good. Care. Yeah. Exactly. They mad. they don't know me. Yeah, just like me. I don't know Australian rules football very well. <laughs> Uh, apparently yeah exactly how are you 
What do you what have you been up to? Oh, than... I'm good. Uh, I've been wrestling with file storage, but people know all about that. I just bought something very uh, that's going to solve all my problems and make everything go away forever. Speaking of wrestling, we constantly keep getting mentions on the subreddit of like, you guys talk about wrestling so much. Why haven't you done a wrestling primer? And I'm like, because no, I try to talk about the legitimacy of professional wrestling and how it's an actual sport, but Tyler just keeps shooting it down again and again. When we have a a, a guest from the WWFE, <laughs> worldwide WWF was like, way we're gonna have long. koalas come in. No, <laughs> we're no, gonna I talk about my brain went to that. Like <laughs> that was a long time ago that they changed their names, but from the WWE. They're going to be so mad at you, and they're going to uh, lay in the people's elbow on your soul. Well, this shows how far behind you are, because the AEW is the new big thing. The AEW? What is the AEW? All Elite Wrestling? What is that? Yeah, that's the top That's the top dog now in professional wrestling, if you didn't know. But I don't pay attention to professional wrestling. Yeah, because it's beneath you. But because it's like not a sport. It's, it's great entertainment, but it's not a sport. Well, it is a great entertainment. Let's 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 not get ahead of ourselves. All right, all right. Well, there's great stunt performers, and then there's the those guys. No, what I'm trying to say is this boring bullshit. See, you and I are not the same. I <laughs> you hate wrestling because it's not a sport. I hate wrestling because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> we are not the same. We are not the same. One yeah. of us speaks in riddles. One of us speaks in rhymes. No, it, that's an expression. Tyler, oh, don't you know the expression? No. It's a meme. We're not the same. But we are the same. No, no, we're not. We are the same when it comes to cycling because both of us have e-bikes. Yes. And, and you know what we're talking about today? Those that cycle for insane distances without the assistance of electric motors. Okay. We are talking about the Tour de France. Ah, well, we've already talked about the Tour de France before. Very briefly, we have not done a primer on it. We briefly mentioned it in an episode, but it was not about the Tour de France. Wait, is this a primer on the Tour de France or a primer on competitive biking? Because that would be the sport, right? Well, it's a primer on the Tour de France because the Tour de France is coming up and there's different sections of professional biking. And this is like the pinnacle of endurance cycling. So it's kind of a primer on the event, which kind of goes into cycling. So it's a primer on cycling because a primer... Would be about the general, the sport of cycling? Yes. Check, checkmate. Checkmate. See, this is how good I am at sports now. I know sports so good that I I know that this is, shouldn't be a primer about the Tour de France because that's just one race out of a worldwide arena of races all encompassing that that is cycling. I will take my points. Reddit, you're on my side. Subreddit, r slash GMFST. Shout my praises to the heavens. I have earned the master's degree. This is a primer on the event. I don't accept that. I say it's a primer on cycling. Which is also a primer on cycling. I, I will fight Tyler's ignorance by looking up and describing cycling as a sport. I'll describe cycling. It's a part of the Tour de France. Oh, oh cycling is a part of the Tour de France, not the Tour it's de France is a part of cycling. 
I'm sorry how belittling for those. If you don't get into the Tour de France, you're not a professional cycler. So says Tyler. No, no that is That's not what, what I'm he's saying. saying. That's what he's saying. It's the pinnacle event of endurance cycling. Oh, I see. If you can't go to France, you're not a you're not at the tippy top. No, no, no. Listen. Who said you go to France for the Tour de France? Listen, history uh, Act 1, the history of cycling. The first bicycle race is popularly held to have been a 1,200-meter race at the Parc de Saint-Cloud, Paris, France. But it was oh, won by an Englishman, James Moore. There you go. Nice. Good history. Yeah. Good history. But All that's right. not Act 1. Okay. This is Act 1. Okay. Just kidding. I'm, we haven't even talked about the Tour de France enough yet. What? Misdirect. Gotcha! This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary. Whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know all those subscription websites? They just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team so mark do you know do you know what the tour de france is uh it's a bicycle race in france no it's all across europe a tour of france uh you don't think i know no oh, wait oh, hang on google translate here all right okay <laughs> it is tour of tour de france uh it, it is it's through france hold on 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 Hold on. Hold on. I'm holding up. Hold it's, on. It's totally loading. It's hold. Yep. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on. We're holding. Hold on. Did you just did you just cancel it and then redo it? Yeah. Hold on. There we go. Okay. I, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and now for. This, oh, never mind. <laughs> uh huh. I don't know if it's capturing audio. I think that's a problem with your setup, but it's capturing it. Oh. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't hear it. So I'm pretty sure it's Tour de France. It means Tour of France. 
You're right. It's an annual bike race through France that starts on July 1st and is made up of 21 stages that take about three weeks to complete as the race is over 2,000 miles of varied terrain. Uh-huh. But what is cycling? Act 1. The history of cycling. War. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's literally, if you're looking at this on Spotify, that's what I pulled out. War. The bicycle has been used as a method of reconnaissance as well as transporting soldiers and supplies to combat zones. In this, it has taken over many of the functions of horses in warfare. Horses in warfare. The first evidence of horses in warfare date from Eurasia to some kind of equine pulling wagons. War wagon. A war wagon is any of several historical types of early fighting vehicle involving an armed or armored animal-drawn cart or wagon. Wagon. A wagon is a vehicle. Okay, vehicle. Okay. Bicycles. We've come full circle. So the sport of cycling, guess Uh, what? Here's the primer on the sport of cycling before we get into the Tour de France primer. Oh, I see. It is the act of racing while utilizing a piece of equipment known as a bicycle in order to compete. Wow. There you have it, everybody. He gave less respect to the sport of cycling (laughs) than he did hockey. You hear that, all you bicycle lovers? It's it's simple to explain cycling. You ride a bicycle and you race from point A to point B. Or you're on a track for the speed track. You know, it's probably, it's apparently not because I don't even know how bicycles work. It's not centrifugal force. It's all these weird self-balancing mumbo-jumbo. I went to engineering school, and I don't even know how the bicycle works. Look, it really got to me. That one jacuzzi, and I'm letting it affect everything I do from here on out. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. That hit hard, Mark. That hit hard. I I feel for you. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. I really do. But anyway, this is about the Tour de France which is Uh one of the major events in cycling and probably the most prominent name for the sport of cycling that people go to watch. Uh, Um, Cycling obviously crosses numerous different paths. You have speed cycling, you have sprint cycling, you have various different sections of cycling. Cycling is even involved in the triathlon, which is running, swimming, and biking. But cycling, simply put, is riding a bicycle and racing on a bicycle. That's the sport. Hmm. Interesting. No baby Mark building his first bicycle. We'll no get baby there. Mark we'll going there. into we'll the the penny we'll farthing. There. We'll get no, there. No, we'll, we'll get no there. history we'll of get bicycle. There. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll we'll do the history of the Tour de France first. All right. So, Mark, Act One, the Tour de France. The route changes every year, so we're going to focus on this year's race that starts on July first. Okay. And the race is over twenty one hundred miles, broken down into twenty one stages raced over 23 days okay that's right only two days do they not cycle during the event wow wait how did you do that math did i miss something 21 stages over 23 days one stage per day oh there's only two days off ah i got you okay it's made up of six flat stages Uh uh-huh six hilly stages Mm -hmm. eight mountain stages and one individual time trial which is the main sprint of the event so you have to be able to have endurance you have to have hill climbing you have to have mountain stages and you have to navigate the pack because every year there are tons and tons of wrecks and injuries during the course of this 
One person falls in that pack and it can take out tens to hundreds of cyclists. How many people are in the race? Good question. I think that varies per year. 176 riders across 22 eight-member teams took part in the 2022 races. Okay, that's fascinating. I thought there would have been more. I really would. I don't know why, but I thought there would have been more. There might be more trying to qualify, but and there's also more because there's also cars and vehicles for teams for bike repairs and other stuff that can be on the track at the same time. So if you mm. actually watch the event, there's like cars and motorcyclists that will like hand them water and different stuff as they're going so that they don't have to carry like an insane amount of water. They do carry an insane amount of water, but not all of it. So they can hand off empty water bottles and get refills and stuff while they're still cycling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the two off days, only two. One is after the ninth stage. So they do eight days of cycling or nine days of cycling. Then they have one off day and then they do an additional six more. And after the 15th stage, they get their second day off. Could you imagine riding a bike for that long? Uh, yes, I just did. Do you think you could do it? Ride a bike for 73 days? How many did you say? 21 days. How long per day? Uh, the route breaks up differently, but it's 2,100 miles, so it's about 100 miles a day. Yeah, why not? Seems easy. No. Look, look, that's not the question you asked, though. You said, could I imagine riding a bike for 23 days, which absolutely I could do that. That's no problem at all. I, I mean, yeah. Depend, you Ride it for 10 minutes and then be done? Then sure, yeah. Yeah. Easy. No, this is straight, Mark. This is just forever riding your bike. At the end of every race, they put, like, IVs in them. And you want to know what's crazy. This particular event is one of the most prominent doping events in sports. It's why Lance Armstrong got caught for doping. And it's blood doping. It's endurance doping, right? Okay. So lots and lots of blood. They want to pack those red blood cells to get those oxygen to those muscles because they need to make sure and prevent the buildup of lactic acid. Like epogen, the, the drug I told you I had to take in college because I was anemic. Yeah. It's erythropoietin is the official name, but it causes Uh, your red bone marrow to develop more red blood cells. So here goes Tyler doing another skipping over, not doing an epogen primer. I'm sorry, all you epogen fans out there. I know you really love it, but Tyler just doesn't care. He doesn't care about your, your love for epogen. I want posts on the subreddit of people accusing Tyler of not caring about those who are true fans of Epogen with their Epogen shirt. <laughs> Woo, Epogen! They're just on the sidelines. Oh, he's making fun of you now. He's making fun of you. Yes, that's right. I will. Okay. So guess what country you start in for the 2023 France. Tournament. No. France. Nope. Spain. On July 1st, 2023, Bilbao. Bilbao. Spain near the border of France. While the race most often starts in France, the past, it's also started in Belgium, Denmark, Germany, and even Ireland. This year, it is starting in Spain. The majority of the races do take place in France because the whole idea is it's a tour around France, hence the name. But it didn't start like this. This was not the beginning. Right. Act two. Uh The history of the Tour de France. Okay. So the origin dates back to 1903 in Paris, France. Mm. And it's a story of espionage. 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 Yes. The battle between two newspapers. Have you never read that word out loud? I have. I just stumbled on it, so then I was just blabbering on and on to make myself sound like I did it on purpose. Um, 
Thanks. Sometimes I'm smart. Anyway, it was a very, very, very long bike ride, a battle between newspapers. It all started when a French army officer, Alfred Dreyfus, Dreyfus, however it's pronounced, was convinced. No, he was not convinced. He was convicted of selling secrets to Germany, the largest sports newspaper in France at the time. Le Velo reported on the incident, which came to be known as the Dreyfus Affair. Dreyfus. Dreyfus. Like Richard Dreyfus? It's D-R-E-F-U-S. D-R-E-F-U-S. Dreyfus. I, I, I have the phonetic spelling on here. It's Dreyfus. No, 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 no. Dreyfus. Anyway, the people of France... Isn't it Dreyfus? No, it's Dreyfus. I, th- I don't think it's Dreyfus. I Dreyfus. don't think it's Dreyfus. That, that's the phonetic spelling on here. I don't know about that. Wait, what's his no. name? What's the first name? Alfred. Oh, Dreyfus. you didn't say he was French. He's French. I said it was a Dreyfus. French army officer. His name is <laughs> I'm looking at the pronunciation here. What the fuck is this? Wait, wait, wait. You got to see this shit. Okay, okay. Wait. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Jesus. That's awful. All right. Anyway, that's that. So no one knows how to pronounce his name. Anyway. People in France half believed he was innocent, half believed he was guilty of selling these secrets to Germany, right? Uh-huh. So, as a side note, he was eventually pardoned and whatever. We'll, we'll get into that later. The important part was this letter was titled, J'accuse, which is why it was brought up. Oh. But when Le Velo took the stance that Dreyfus was innocent, this angered some of the paper's advertisers, who banded together to create a rival paper, Le Atou, while... They expected their new paper to be a success. Sales were sluggish. And their measly circulation of only 25,000 copies was nowhere near Le Velo's 80,000. That is so many. That's a difference of 55,000. Good job. Oh, yeah, I'm good at math. So a crisis meeting was held to brainstorm ideas. Uh How can we increase sales? How can they defeat their rival? How would you do it, Mark? How would I? In a newspaper? Yes, how would you defeat your rival and increase sales of your publication? Blow it up! Blow it up! Kill them all! Kill them! Kill them all! They, the, the, they, they would think that you were selling the, the secrets then. Kill them all. Well, I thought there was a rival publication. I thought it was like, this it is, is. This is but that's, it's all in Paris. Yes, yeah, uh, that's why I said kill them all. Paris. All right. That, that's, France, baby. It's, that's bloody. Anyway, the last person to speak and the youngest person that was at this meeting was Gilles Lefeuve, and he suggested a six-day race all around France. Cycling was incredibly popular at the time, but a long distance like this had never been held before. No long distance race. After getting the green light from the financial director of the paper, the planning began for this race between the rival newspapers. Okay. Well, the sports newspaper. He wanted to report on it. The race originally was to take place in five stages on May 31st until July 5th, but only 15 people entered due to length and difficulty. And so the idea was almost scrapped, shortening the race to 19 days and cutting the entrance fee to half. Over 60 people ended up entering the race. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the first Tour de France began on July 1st, 1903, in a suburb of Paris and had six stages. The first one was a flat 290 miles from Paris to Lyon. Stage two was Climbing a mountain 
from Lyon, Lyon to uh, Marseille, and it was 232 miles. The third stage, Marseille to Toulouse, was flat, 263 miles. Toulouse to Bordeaux was flat. Next stage, 167 miles. The next stage, another flat one, 264. And the final, back to Paris, 293 miles. Totaling 1,509 miles. And they pedaled both day and night to reach the next city. Only 21 crossed the finish line out of the 60 racers that entered. We don't know what happened to the other ones because they were traveling across unpaved roads off in the middle of nowhere on days on end with no streetlights, no signs to guide them. Oh, that's unfortunate. That only 21 finished. Only tw- What happened to the rest? That's what I said. Oh. We don't know. Only 21 finished. They were lost to the wilderness. Died. Well, that seems like a bit of a problem. Did no one go and find them? How many? How many were lost? It literally just says 21 finished, and it doesn't say anything about the other ones. Out of how many? 60. So those 39 people that mysteriously disappeared in the middle of this race? Seems to be the case. All right. They must have gotten kidnapped or stopped and had a beer, and who knows? I don't know. Maybe they found love along the way, Mark. I don't think. I I highly doubt that occurred. It's France. Love is in the air. It's France, baby. (laughs) Anything can happen in France. Pew, pew. The wild west of Europe, France was. (laughs) So what if you died in a bicycle race? No one's going to find your corpse. There's gold in them bicycles. You know. France. 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 Hugely popular. For love. And yeah, apparently everyone's guns fucking on and- the bikes up here. <laughs> France, baby. Well, needless to say, the race became hugely popular because of all of the sex they were having on the bicycles, apparently. Uh, of course. Tyler says it in a primer, therefore it is law. And in 1904, due to wild fans and rampant cheating, apparently fans were beating up rival riders who blocked the road to slow down competitors to their favorite and threw glass and nails on the road. Several competitors were disqualified, and thus, in you know, a short time, cheating immediately was available within the sport. Okay, good. I mean, that's what... You, you love cheating. Nope. In sports. Nope. Okay. Alright, sorry. I, I hate it. Tough subject. I, I hate it so much. I never cheat. My apologies. How dare you say that I like it? What is wrong with you? I, was, I already said sorry, so. Anyway, the race evolved over the years and added the first mi- mountain stage in 1910, and um, the number of stages increased. Originally, with five stages at the beginning, to 1910, it was up to 15, and today there's 21 stages over the 23 days. While early racers, racer, racers had been sponsored by companies, most were individual competitors who entered themselves, and more and more it became more about teams and sponsorships, making modern races today more of a commercially sponsored teams, whereas there's still only one individual winner at the end, and that's the famous yellow jersey. Yellow jersey? Famous? I've never heard of that. It's not very famous. In cycling, yes, the yellow jersey is the leader of all of the racers in the Tour de France. Originally, it was a green armband, but it evolved to the yellow jersey in 1919 to make it easier to see who was leading. It was chosen because Leato was printed on yellow paper. Leato? Is that one of the publications? That's the that's the newspaper that made this race so that they could write on something that nobody else could write about and oh. increase sales. Because they printed on yellow paper. 
Well, that I don't know if that had anything to do with their sales, but they changed the jersey color for that reason. Interesting. So to make this it more newspaper iconic. was the starter of the Tour de France. Yes. Okay. A newspaper started a sport in order to started have exclusive a race. coverage. A race. You're right. Good. Good point. Good catch. Good catch. Thank you. The Tour de France took place every year since its start in 1903, except during 1915 through 1918 during World War I and 1940 to 1946 due to World War II. Okay. Because obviously there was not exactly the opportunity to bike ride much unless you were in the army trying to deliver messages or to get transport very quickly. France was often overrun. That's in the war section. I read that on Wikipedia about cycling. See? Exactly. Yeah. Act two, time to race. Mm -hmm. Mark, what do you think you need to race in a bicycle race? Bicycle. Okay. That's it? Nothing else? Oh, so the world of cycling is a little more complex than my understanding. I listened to the cycling primer that was at the beginning of this episode. That was all all you said. Baby Mark was prepped with just that. It's a race where you ride a bicycle. That's all I heard. The cycling primer's done. I've never won so hard in an episode of Go than this episode. <laughs> this might be my winningest episode ever. I've just like. You are winning the checkmate. Tour de France. You're right. Checkmate. No, no, no. I don't care about the Tour de France. <laughs> Wait, no, that's what we're talking about. I care about the sport of cycling. And everyone knows in the cycling world that the Tour de France is just. Uh, a shadow of its former self when it compares to the monolith that is the entirety of cycling, I'm assuming. Anyway, I think it uh, takes up a pretty large portion. Oh, no way. You need a bicycle? You yes. need pants? Pants is correct. Pants. You need a helmet? There you go. There you go. All right. And you need lots of extra blood. Yep. That's technically sort of accurate. You need to uh, stuff your veins with as much blood as you can from whoever uh, you can stuff inside of you and then when you have enough blood then and only then can you race you know the one of the biggest ways that people pack their blood because blood packing is technically a thing is blood transfusions where they withdraw blood have their body replace that blood and then reinsert said blood that was withdrawn from you back into your body well that's gross why not just steal blood from the poor? <laughs> well, I mean... A, don't consider that. That's not <laughs> something you go, well, I guess that's an No, I wasn't going to... I was going to say there's problems with using other people's blood because of typing and diseases. Uh, Get the right diseases. Type five head. Doy. <laughs> I wonder if people have actually paid... I'm not getting into that. Anyway, back to this. But you forgot Absolutely. the main thing. If you think that there isn't a world where the rich could get extra years added onto their life by buying blood from other people, they would do it. And they probably do it. Remember that story about that guy who pays to transfuse his blood with his son to stay young? Wait, is that a thing? Yeah, he he pays all this money and he to do all this treatment, $2 million a year, to get all these treatments to look younger, and he looks 45, which is exactly as old as he is. I didn't know that was a real thing that somebody was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's gross. Yeah. You forgot the most important part, though, of competing in this race. You need buns and thighs of steel. Oh. You need to be lean up top and thick AF on bottom. Ah, I see. 
you need to be aerodynamic. So little wind resistance. You need to be a string being up top and then your thighs being able to muscularly push up and down mountains, race, go fast, go far, uh huh, go good. Okay. All right. So technically, there are no specific specifications for the bike other than it has to be a minimum weight of 15 pounds and the bike has to be openly available for sale to the general public. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was a requirement. So you can't build your super custom bike? You can as long as there's it's open to being purchased by the public. You can't have something that no other person can get their hands on. So it's like a stock bike racing almost. Yeah. It's like a yeah. weird must-be stock level thing. Yeah. So it's still like top-of-the-line bikes that are insanely expensive, but other people need to be able to purchase the bike. And I wonder if that was set out by the company to be like, if you do this, it's like, then we can sell the bike. Because that was kind of why stock car racing became a thing, is it was showcasing the performance of actual cars people could buy. I mean, maybe. That's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, everything is there to make money, so I guess it's not really that much of a shock. But yeah. While technically you can use one bike, and in the early stages, they probably only did ride one bike, most teams have multiple custom bikes set up for each stage, depending on the the terrain, the circumstance, and the type of ride it is, whether it's flat or mountainous. And besides that, you have to replace parts constantly because tires go flat, crashes happen, and when you crash on these super lightweight bikes, they break easily, just like the riders also break easily. Maybe they should be stronger. Well, they're riding at an average speed of about 25 miles per hour. My electric bike goes way faster than that. Not up the hill. these... Up the hill it do. Mine does now. I'm jealous. I want it. (laughs) Mine struggles up the hill. Just like I struggle going up hills. Except for when I have to because I'm chasing down you and everybody else to get to the 4th of July viewing spot. That was very impressive. I was was quite impressed by that. But for... For now, you know, technology does exist that there are mountain bikes that have really powerful motors and go straight up a hill with no problem. But this, the bikes that we have are not meant for that. So mine technically doesn't really go up a hill that fast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So your helmet, Mark, you got to make sure you're aerodynamic. You want the least amount of wind resistance possible. Okay. And your clothing is skin tight. Again, snug as a bug. Okay. That way you're aerodynamic and it keeps you warm or cool depending on the weather. So then there's strategy. Okay, strategy. How do you think cyclists strategize during the race? They pedal really fast. But all the time? Sure. They're on a team, Mark. All right. So you oh, got like four. What? Yeah, they're teams. So you have oh. uh, most teams are made up of four riders. And so how do you think they can serve each other's energy in order to get the most distance with the least amount of effort? <laughs> Taking turns. Think aerodynamics. They push each other. I mean, go ass to mouth. They do motivate. That is correct. And they do do that. That the ass to mouth thing. That's not what I. What? It's drafting. They're not like they're not. They they aren't full human centipede like you're saying. I meant push each other as in physically pushing each other. No. But they they do go ass to mouth. Pretty much. So basically, on the team. What they'll do is they'll have four riders and they'll ride in a straight line, right? So the person in the back is drafting, doing the least amount of effort because they have the least amount of wind resistance. And they're kind of being pulled along, just like cars will get up behind. Have you ever gotten really close behind a semi? Oh, uh, 
and felt how the I try not to, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. But you feel the wind. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they do that same thing, and they'll rotate from back to front to conserve each other's energy so that they can keep the sprinter in the back, who's the person they're trying to win, to be able to launch for the final stretch to be able to then take off by their own. Ah, okay, gotcha. That's one of the main ways they do it. Another way is attacking, which is mostly used on climbs when a rider goes at an extremely high speed in order to get ahead of the pack to prevent themselves from being in a wreck or being caught in the crowd and being held to a lower speed in order to get ahead. And attacking is important because if you only want to attack at the part that you are you excel at. So if you excel at hill climbing or mountain climbing, you want to attack usually during those events. Okay. Those stages that are the focused around those. So do you have like a bat? Do you it's, throw it's, your third person into the other people? I, are guns allowed? Is it the wild west of France and you got your lasso and a yeehaw and you pull them off their bike? No. Attacking is just pedaling hard and fast to get ahead. This seems like a silly naming convention. Which also coincides with breakaways, which is when you break away from the pack. See, this is my, my, my answer is like at the beginning of this, I feel it's still right because if you just pedal hard and fast all the time, you never have to deal with any of this nonsense. You just kind of... Get You'll run out of energy. Eh. You don't. You don't have so much blood that has Get so much energy. More in it. energy, five head. <laughs> you know what? You know what? All right. You know what? Build your perfect Tour de France cyclist right now, Mark. All right. Because okay. So as far as I know, the Tour de France works where once you start going, you just don't stop, and each day you wake up even farther than the other person, right? You, you only have a set distance per day for the stage. You have a start and a finish because then there's jerseys that are given out for the people that work, that are the leaders for particular stages as well as the leader of the overall time. And All right, so then you just race as hard as you can every day and you win. I, I cannot argue with that. So technically, my perfect rider is someone that can race as hard as possible and sprint from start to finish from the very beginning of the race on the first day to the very end of the race of the next day. That's my perfect racer. That's so simplistic. My perfect racer is not a little bitch and is able to actually keep pedaling all day, every day. All these these weak racers that need breaks and needs to strategize. It's like clearly the answer is just pedal harder. Wow. Wow. You know? Uh, you Am know, I wrong? You're right. You're right, but you're also wrong because these riders literally have to get, many of them have to get lifted off their bike at the end of each stage and get IVs put in them to keep them from being overly sore and fatigued into the next day. Like if you ever watch the race by the end of it, they can't really walk. That's why they have a bike. (laughs) Mark, (laughs) these are insane athletes that literally push their bodies to the insane limit of endurance and strength and just absolute mind over matter ability to cover distance over 21 days, hours on end each day of cycling up mountains, upgrades that our cars would struggle going up on skinny, tiny roads where they could go off a cliff's edge if they go too fast around a corner. This is the first time in the whole episode that I've been super interested in hearing about the Tour de France. That pa- that impassioned speech 
was phenomenal. I want more of that. Therefore, I'm gonna be even bigger of a dick to these pathetic, wimpy baby bikers who don't know their the front tire from their left nut, which Lance Armstrong doesn't even have. Mark, the top recordist, the highest recorded speed in Tour de France was in 2019, was 101 kilometers an hour. That's 63.1 miles per hour. You're on a bike with a little mm -hmm. foam aerodynamic helmet, skin yep. tight, no protective elbow pads or anything, riding around the skinny roads of Europe, which, by the way, are not as nicely paved as some of the places here in the United States. Mm. And you're on a tire that's like this thick, this little, little skinny, like inch, inch and a half wide tire, fiberglass underneath you. One thing goes wrong and your face is planted into the pavement. Your body is flying off the cliff. Damn. These racers are not only insane endurance athletes who can pedal to the metal and go faster than most anyone on a bike up a mountain or up a hill with a grade that is like 10% grade or more. It's insane what they do. Averaging 25 miles per hour is because of the hill climbs. It's insane. And then the pack crashes and everything that happens, how quickly somebody else's mistake can take you out of the race and you could have been the best athlete that year. Oh, I can't imagine what goes through their head. You get hooked up to IVs every night to rehydrate and get your body set to be able to race the next day. 23 days. 21 days of riding, 100 miles a day. If the average speed is 25 miles per hour, that's four hours of cycling a day, at least. Four hours? 100 miles a day. It's usually more than 100 miles, but because it's 2,100 miles over 21 days. Think about trying to go 25 miles per hour up a 10% grade. All right. See, the now, amount of I, power in those legs. I I take back everything I said. I apologize for stomping all over the glory that is the Tour de France. I've been convinced. I'm converted. And I feel uh, remorseful for my actions. And Tyler is definitely shown me the light. And I will forever remain in his debt. This is why blood doping was such a thing over the years. Why this is one of the most endurance doping events in history. Because what the body has to go through to complete this race is insane. All right, he's laying it on a little thick, guys. I already apologize. So let's let's not give it too much credit for these these namby pamby sort of press. No, anyway, no, it's very it's very good. That that painted a great picture of cycling and the the perseverance for him in my mind i think you did an incredible job there i need i need to embody that more earlier in episodes starting mm -hmm. to realize that yeah that's what we need that's what we need for these primers people got to feel that people yeah feel what it's all about yeah so when lance armstrong won time and time again mm -hmm. that's why it was looked at as such an incredible accomplishment because not only did doing it once is a lifetime achievement and immortalizes you in the cycling world. Of course. But he did it multiple times. But he he was shooting blood out of his eyes, wasn't he? 
Yeah, he he admitted to blood doping years after he had accomplished it, but he won seven times. And to act like the field, and not saying that people do it now, there's a lot more testing and it's a lot of safety precautions because you can literally die from having too much packed uh, blood cells because it will like basically can clot your heart. It can, it's basically making your heart work extra because it has to pump oh, so many yeah. more cells. Well, I, ca- I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's gotta be, gotta be pretty crazy. Yeah. Cause it makes your, your blood more viscous. It's thicker. And so winning it seven times, which is why Lance Armstrong for a lot of people before he admitted to doping was one of the greatest athletes to ever exist because of the insane amount of effort it takes to win just one of these. Yeah. Winning two was unheard of. Winning seven made him a legend. But what's fascinating is like, I don't know why winning two would be so unheard of because if you did it once, like, wouldn't it be possible to do it again? Well, you're talking about, uh, I mean, there, there are factors that are outside your control, right? So mm-hmm. one is maintaining a team. Oh, right. The team. I forgot about the team. Yeah. Two is like, you'll get the sponsors. You'll have everything there. But two is like the chances of getting into a wreck. Like people are gunning for you. They know you're the person to beat. So they're going to challenge you more. They're, you, and being able to stay, keep other distractions, mm-hmm. to keep people's comments and thoughts out of your mind so that you can focus on the task at hand. Uh, I see. And then injuries. I mean, you cycle enough, you're going to wreck, period. Especially in the United States with cars sharing the road and stuff like that. It's dangerous. Lance Armstrong's years were a lot before texting and driving was a thing, so it was a little bit safer. But nowadays, like trying to cycle and train, most people train at altitude, usually around like uh, Colorado. I've seen a lot of cyclists around Colorado because you can climb the Rockies and stuff like that. To simulate mm-hmm. what you would do in the Tour de France for the U.S. riders. And my my dad cycles uh, or cycled for a while. And we had a ride from uh, my uncle's house to our house from Dayton to Cincinnati every year for a little bit. Um, we called it the Shide to Shide bike ride. And that, to me, terrifies me. And that's not 100 miles. And that takes a while. I mean, these guys are cycling every day just to train for this. And then just to be able to get the shot, you have to get the sponsors. You have to get the bike. You have to put together the team. You have to be able to work well with the team. It's a lot. And then getting to the part where you're in the race and avoiding a major wreck when you're stuck in the group because they are they are packed like sardines at that starting line. If you watch a video of the start of the Tour de France, there's so many cyclists. Like your bike is wedged between another bike with like inches between each of you. So the slightest turn or the slightest shift or somebody's tire going flat or a tip or a fall or a bump changes everything. Well, that is fascinating. And so the last thing I want to talk about was winning. That's oh, the, yeah, people the, win this, the final right. act. Yeah, what do so, they get for going through all this pain? In the Tour de France, there's a winner for each stage, and then there's a winner overall. 
So the winner of each stage is determined by who is first, obviously, to finish that stage. So each day. Obviously, yeah. Um, and the overall winner is determined by the lowest time bet- across every stage. After each stage, they award jerseys, and there are four special jerseys that are awarded at different points during the race, and they often change hands. Like, the yellow one means you're the leader. So you will be wearing the yellow jersey. If you win the first stage, you automatically get the yellow jersey because nobody's faster than you. Okay. But as you get through the other stages, the average time becomes a factor, so the yellow jersey changes hands. The green jersey is the overall points leader, as each uh, race has a certain amount of points that can be reward, awarded based on difficulty. Mm-hmm. So the most points, which means you've placed the highest in the particular higher point stages, gets the green jersey. There's a polka dot jersey, which is the king of the mountain jersey, who receives the most points on specifically mountain stages which are climbs. And then there's the white jersey, which is the young rider jersey and is awarded to the fastest rider under the age of 26. Oh, well, I would have figured that riders under the age of 26 would be better riders than people over that in general. Surprisingly, the majority of the people that win the Tour de France are, I think, over 26. Weird. Why is that? I'm, I want to look that up really quick. I don't know if there's a list of Tour de France winners and their ages. The oldest man to win Tour de France was 36 years and four months old when he won in 1922. The eight youngest winners. 22 years old in 1960. A lot of 22-year-olds. So maybe maybe the winner usually is that. So it's like probably the person who's in second place, 21 years old, 19 years old in 1884, won mm-hmm. the Tour de France. Or de France winners list. Wow, it does not say their age. That's unfortunate. It tells me their time. In 2022, the winner won in 79 hours, 32 minutes, and 29 seconds. That was the total time for all the races, which is the shortest time in modern, the modern era. Oh, yeah. All the Lance Armstrong things are listed as no winner now because he went and got disqualified. How many people do you think cheat? Percentage? Yeah. I mean, historically, probably more. I think in modern day, I'd probably put it at at max 25%. 25%? That is still a lot of people. I know that, you know, it's funny. There was a, I don't know if you watch CrossFit documentaries at all. It's weird. You know, they, they put out that documentary every year. It's like the fittest human on earth documentary about CrossFit. And one year it was entirely like seemed to feature this one guy, but it seemed to feature him in like this kind of increasingly sinister way. And it's because at the end of it, he got caught for doping and just like taking like performance enhancing drug. But it's also just like. I'm sure that it's incredibly pre- prevalent in every sport. And at the same time, it's like, I'm sure, because for so long, they they must have tested Lance Armstrong and he didn't do it or it didn't go, mm-hmm. like, didn't go through. But he must have been doping the entire time. It's not like he suddenly one year did doping because it's not like his performance just spiked up all of a sudden one year. He just must have been doing it the entire time. And so it's like, yeah, I'm sure that it is probably very prevalent. Yeah. For the record, the average age of the winner of Tour de France is 28 years, 28.7 years old. Okay, that makes sense. That checks out. The 2012 winner was 32, 2011 was 34. There's some 30-year-olds and 20, low 20-year-olds, but a lot of 30-year-olds, a lot of high mm-hmm. 20s and early 30s. Gotcha, okay. But yeah, I'm actually really curious what the stats actually show of how many people tested positive and were like kicked off of the Tour de France. 
Do you think the CrossFit guys doped a lot? Is that what you were saying? I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, to have bodies like let's that. Be, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, those listening, if you're interested in checking out the Tour de France, it is televised. It takes place starting on July 1st. And it's really interesting to watch my dad. I got so annoyed because I wasn't allowed to watch anything else at the house when the tour was on when he got big into cycling. So it was just cycling on TV every day. And I was like, all right, um, I'll go do something else. <laughs> yeah. Aw. But um, being around it enough and seeing how like invested he was uh, made me be interested in it. It's one of those things that sometimes the people around you being able to share your, their passions makes you start to understand it and get to know it. And um, so to me, this was the Tour de France was a big part of me branching out outside of the sports that I knew and started seeing other things and enjoying other things because I had my dad who was passionate about it. Mm -hmm. So well, that's cool. That's very cool. So I wanted to cover it. I could go through every stage real quick of what is the Tour de France this year, all 21 stages, but I think you can look that up. All right. It's really fun. But Mark, thank you for joining me on this journey through France on a bike ride. Well, thank you very much for showcasing it. And uh, I am on Tyler's side now. And I say, fuck you to anyone that just cycles out there. You don't deserve your own primer. <laughs> me and Tyler are in solidarity with that mindset. You won me over. You won me over, buddy. They don't All deserve right. anything. <laughs> It's, it's some sports are hard to talk about without just talking about the like one of the biggest events that are there because it's kind of simple to talk about bike racing. No, uh, nothing against it, but sometimes simple things have value. But it's literally riding a bike and the distance changes. That's really what cycling is. That's well, as you hear that cyclist, it's just riding a bike. Nothing fancy about that. Get him, keep getting them. Get him. Yeah. You only requires extensive training to be a sprinter or an endurance racer and have strong legs and body makeup that makes it so that your legs are strong, but you maintain being lean and mean and aerodynamic. And there's a lot of strategy that goes into it and position yourself on the bike to reduce air resistance, like the Superman thing that got outlawed in uh, short track racing because of danger and safety. But really, it was because a guy did it and it became really fast and really popular. And then they were like, let's not let people do this. But yeah. Cycling. Simple. All right. I think he's on my side. Any last words, Mark? That uh, That's very informative. Thank you very much for walking me through that. Yes, and um, we'll see you in whatever the next episode is. What's, what's the one after this? Oh, yeah. I think we have a guest again. Oh, boy. This one is a free solo artist. One of the greatest rock climbers of our era. A free solo artist? Yes. <laughs> You know who I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I know who you're talking about, but I just, why would you say it like that? That's I don't know. It felt right in my head. A musician? I mean, there is a, an extreme art to being able to free solo mountains that nobody else has ever free soloed before. Oh, he's a climber. Ah. Arguably one of the greatest art, rock climbers of our time. And um, really interesting guy. It was a really fun conversation to have with him. So, And we don't talk to him a thing about rock climbing. Honestly, we talk very little about rock climbing. We talk about Which everything else. Which is good. He, he's probably sick of it. He's probably sick of being asked, so what's it like hit touching rocks? How do you climb 
that you mountain. use your hands you must like chalk right yeah no. you no. must strengthen your fingers so that they're as strong as my biceps yeah no boring but we talk about interesting things no it's a really good episode and um we for the record it's alex honnold literally the documentary free solo is about his climb of el cap and he's still the only person to have ever free soloed el capitan in yosemite yeah good for him well that's all for us today. Uh, if you want to support the podcast in a monetary way, we have merch. Store.gmfst.com. It's fancy. It's delicious. It's Please don't eat it, but please sport it at any sporting event or anywhere you'd like to go if you would choose to do so. And you can check out Mark everywhere Markiplier is, and you can check out me everywhere you find Tyler Scheid. All right. Oh, and if you want to see the video, go to Spotify. Video is yes. only on Spotify. Only see on our Spotify. faces. All right, bye. Bye-bye.